Hi, I'm Anna Conchar. I work two days a week and run a multi-million dollar online business. I also have my MBA and I am a mom, foodie, and avid traveler. I started this show to teach you how to monetize the skills, knowledge, and passions you already have so you can put life first instead of work. Making money doesn't have to be hard or complicated or require you to grind 24-7 when you focus on the right things, and that's exactly what I'm going to teach you. So if you're ready to have more time, money, and energy to do what makes you happy and really live life, you are in the right place. Let's build your million-dollar side hustle. Welcome back to Your Million Dollar Side Hustle Podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by Gemma Bonham Carter. Welcome, Gemma, to the podcast. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. We were just chatting before this. We have very similar businesses. We have very similar views on our businesses. So I really think that this is going to be a great conversation. But to help us kind of set the stage, I'd love for you, Gemma, to share a little bit about your story and how you kind of got into this like online industry and courses and all of the things that you offer now. Sure. How much time you got? I know, right? (laughs) I feel like every time I ask people that question, it's like, well, this whole episode could be just about that. Totally. Totally. So let me give the really condensed version. Thought I was going to be in like international development, global health, pursued like academically a career for that, was working in that field, was finding it like so, maybe not draining is the right word, but like wasn't using a part of my brain and like the creative side of me that I started to realize really like needed tending to. And so this is like way back when, 2010, my then boyfriend and I, who's now my husband, bought a fixer-upper home and I decided to start a blog. Did you read blogs back then? Like there was a blog called Young House Love that Sherry and John Petersick wrote, still actually out there on the internet. (laughs) And I loved it. I loved reading blogs. I thought, well, this is going to be a really fun way for me to like keep up with our renovations and DIY projects with friends and family. Let's fast forward six years. That blog turned into my own side hustle. I was like making money from it. I had merch associated with it really turned it into something. And I was being invited to speak at conferences about the business of blogging. And I was getting like cards, physical cards in the mail after these talks of people just being like, I loved your presentation. I learned so much. Like, thank you. And I fell in love with teaching. And so I realized that that for me, like that lit something up in me. And it was around that time I was like starting to have my babies too, and really kind of realized, okay, I don't actually just want to have like a side hustle alongside my nine to five. I actually think I want to turn this into like my full-time thing at this point. So I launched my first course, all about the business of blogging, launched my second course, all about like how to have merch associated with your blog. It was called Launch Your Shop. That particular course ended up becoming my first six-figure a year course. And that was like my trial and error time of like figuring out launching, figuring out evergreen funnels, kind of trying to learn how to do all these things, starting to run ads. And after I figured all of those things out, then as it happens, you know, I'm sure you experience the same thing. Then people are like, well, okay, that's cool, Gemma. Happy to have you like teach me about the blogging thing. But like now I want to know how you did the course thing. Like tell me about the course stuff. 
So in I sort of like did a gentle pivot, but then in 2019, I did a full pivot into talking just about courses and funnels and all that sort of stuff and, you know, have developed my product suite since then and have worked with over 8,000 paid customers at this point through my programs, have turned my business into a seven-figure business and am pretty stoked about where it's led me. Amazing. Isn't it so funny? I feel like no one actually is like, I want to be an online course creator. But then once you figure it out, you're like, this is the most amazing thing in the entire world. Exactly. (laughs) And it's so hard. Like you don't have a vision of, like you said, like I would never have had the vision of my offer suite today or yeah, like the types of people I would be helping today. What I did have a really strong vision about was how I wanted my business to feel. I had really strong ambitions and goals around financial success of my business and around the lifestyle aspect of my business and like being able to have created a level of flexibility and freedom that I really desperately wanted, especially as I was raising my young kids. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. How has your business evolved and changed your life, but also how do you fit it into your life to maintain that lifestyle? Because I think a lot of times when we start in the online business space, we oftentimes get stuck on this like hamster wheel of like, I just need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. And all of a sudden, instead of working the 20 hours that you set out to do when you created your business, you end up working more than you were at your nine to five job. So surely more about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't really have like the, I don't feel like I have the perfect advice around that other than I'm someone who constantly checks in about my, about how things are going in my life and about whether or not my priorities are in check. And am I spending the right amount of time in the right areas? And not that there's, I don't think balance really exists, but you know, am I aiming for the balance that I like want? And I think also being okay to go a little slower. Like I didn't hit some seven figure thing in my first year. That was okay. I didn't hit it my second year either, right? Like I did a slow and steady build, which for me felt really solid and secure because I could see rather than being an overnight success and then not feeling like unsure if it was going to really last, this has grown month over month, year over year since 2017 when I launched that first course. And that feels really good and solid for me in terms of a trajectory. So I was okay with it being a little slower, knowing that like I had a baby at home. Like in 2017, I had just had my son. I was working during the nap times. Like I didn't have any childcare at that time. So it was very much like working within the margins of my life. And as my kids, I have two kids, they're now seven and nine. Like as they've gotten older, and they're in school, like I actually have work days now. And so that has just changed my work life as they have grown. And I've just been able to kind of flow with it. But yeah, I mean, we have some like friends around here who've gone through some really hard stuff with their kids from a health perspective. And for me, that just keeps things in check so quickly. It's like, do I really care about some of these arbitrary business goals or do I care about like hanging with my kids or like going on the adventure or taking that day off work and pulling them from school so that we can go do like 
a fun little field trip together, you know, whenever that looks like. Yes, 100%. I, I am fully aligned with that. And I have kids, they're so little, little, you know, we have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And to me, that is the priority right now, you know, when they get into school, we'll have more time. Okay, cool. So going back to the beginning of your business, you started, you know, launching courses in 2017. What it was like the biggest hurdle or what do you see when a lot of people are getting started creating an online course or membership is the biggest mistake that you see with your students? Well, I see a lot of my students just getting really stuck in their heads and in that analysis paralysis of just trying to feel like they've nailed the idea and then building it all out before they go and sell it. And I'm sure you're the same, but I'm just a big believer in taking your idea to the marketplace and testing it and getting people in there and building it out in real time with them because we've all had flops. Like, I've had things that I thought were going to fly off the shelf or be a great idea that just didn't really work. And that's okay. Like each time you do those things, what do they call that? Failing forward or whatever. Like it's just taking you one step closer to getting that clarity of what is that right offer or what is it that the market is really looking for in your niche or in your space. So I think that is what I see is like people getting really stuck in perfectionism and and analysis paralysis. Like we have this one sort of section of my program, Course Creator School, that helps people really define like the promise of their course mm-hmm. and really nail that transformation. I yeah. cannot tell you how many people stay there, like mm-hmm. because they just feel like it's not perfect or like they haven't nailed it. And I'm like, well, just we provide feedback in our program. I'm like, this looks great. Like, let's go to launch. Like, let we've got to move forward on this. And I think it actually comes down to fear, right? People can have a lot of ideas about what they want to put out into the world or businesses they want to start and that sort of thing. And, but it's scary to actually go out and do the thing. You know, it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to start growing an audience and sharing your ideas and getting on camera and doing all of those things. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember when I launched my first course, like, do you think I told anybody other than my husband then that I was doing it? Like, absolutely not. Like, I felt like I needed to go and be successful first and mm-hmm. then could come back to my friends and family and be like, hey, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And that was just my fear talking and like yeah. imposter syndrome or whatever we want to call these things. Yeah. I think also I we see the same thing with our students, right? And Oftentimes to me, it's the imposter syndrome of like, how can I actually promise this? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, for example, I have one particular student we just coached on this this week and she has a postpartum like planning course. Okay. And she, like, I'm having a lot of imposter syndrome around teaching this. And I'm like, why? You've been through three postpartum periods. You would be an imposter if you were someone who's never been pregnant and never right. experienced this before. That is an imposter. You've actually experienced this. Like you can help so many people. But I think it's just that like we feel as if we need to be like a certified expert That's right. in order for us to be teaching something and that it yeah. is not the way of the world anymore. Absolutely. I One thing... I think it's helpful for people and anyone who's listening, who's like sort of relating to that is 
a mental shift of instead of thinking of yourself as an expert, like if you're not feeling ready to claim that yet, mm-hmm. is actually just thinking of yourself as a mentor. And it somehow like releases some of the pressure of needing to have every answer or yeah, be like 25 steps ahead or certified or whatever that might be. And think of like mentorship and think of things that maybe you've been in in the past where it's almost been like peer to peer mentorship, right? And how helpful that was to have someone who was just a couple steps ahead guide you to get to where they got to. Like I've given this example before, but my mom... It was a, she's a chemist, like she's a scientist. And like when I was in high school going through like Chem 101 or whatever and struggling, you know, my mom was like the worst. (laughs) There was no way she could help me with my homework because she was like 72 steps ahead. Like she's Mm -hmm. this like world renowned chemist. And so I just needed like, I was in grade nine. I needed like the kid in grade 11, right? To help me, right? right? And like, that's just such a good example of like, Sometimes actually the people who are just ahead are far better at teaching it because they remember so clearly what it was like to just be that two or three steps behind. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Yes. Okay. So my question is, is obviously you started your blogging courses and then you kind of pivoted into teaching courses. Yeah. What is kind of your philosophy? Do you believe in launches? Do you teach evergreen? When is it the best time to go evergreen? I I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm smiling because I feel like everyone who's in this space like has their own take. I'm like, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this question. I've run my business with a... I don't know if we call this like a mix and match approach, but I don't really subscribe to like one versus the other in terms of evergreen versus launching. So for me, where I've landed with my particular business model has been, I kind of have coined it like the triple threat method, but it's really this intersection of three different things. So number one is, yeah, I'm here for an evergreen funnel. Believe me, I like have been using evergreen funnels in my business since pretty much the beginning since like late 2017. And that has been an absolute like cornerstone of my model. So yes, here for that. Typically, like my particular sort of evergreen funnel would be something, I I think mine tend to be a little longer. They're like in the 20 to 30 day range to sell my courses. And, but they're fairly like, it's like a webinar based email funnel, like fairly, I don't want to say run of the mill because there's like certain things that I do that are specific to it. But you know, not anything yeah, totally different. So that's like strategy number one is like, let's get the baseline evergreen funnel going and making sure that we're making sales of people who want our programs now. The second thing I layer in are those live launches, but in a way that feels chill. It's like live launching, but make it chill. You know, like let's get off the roller coaster. Let's like get off this thing of like feeling pressure to do them all the time because we're relying on them for our income. And just do launches in a way that feels fun. Like I like doing live events with my audience. I like planning a promotional strategy and seeing it through, but like three or four times a year, not every month or every other month or something like that, right? So that's what I do. And I might sort of mix and match like what offers because I have like a couple of core offers. So I'll maybe do like one to two launches a year of each one. So. 
That's and and you could throw like flash sales or like fun little live workshops or whatever I do into that bucket as well. And then my third kind of prong of the strategy is basically long-term email marketing. And I am a huge believer in email marketing. And it's actually my favorite way to connect with my people and show up and create content is via my email. And I do still send like real-time emails because I love the medium. And I think that there's a lot of value. But I also have something that I call my forever funnel that's set up to kind of continue selling my course or courses to people who didn't buy in the in the first funnel. So it's like, I basically am, it's a mixture of repurposing some of my best of content, but then also integrating some kind of nuanced strategy in terms of the emails that are going out in that forever funnel. And those funnels can be like six, nine, 12 months long. And the idea there is like, we're catching people after we've nurtured them even further in our world. So in your, I'm a huge believer in email marketing too. And we do nurture sequences very similar. Do you do like automated sales or automated promotions in your nurture sequences? Or are you very much like, this is just me showing up in their inbox, making sure they know who I am for when they're ready? It's a mix of both. It's definitely like me showing up in your inbox and making sure that you know that I know what I'm talking about because I'm giving you really good value in your email inbox. Yeah. And, you know, teaching you cool stuff and telling you cool stories. Yeah. But then also inviting you into my program. And sometimes it could be that there's some piece of urgency there. But other times it could be as simple as I send one particular email within my forever funnel that I, it would just be like a, an opportunity to start a conversation with them. So it's a little bit more about like them hitting reply and letting us know what their goals are. And then we can have a little conversation back and forth and not necessarily send them to the sales page. We might just have a Google Doc that right. describes the program that in a much more simple way. Get the, you know, and if they say yes, then we send them the checkout link and it just feels a little more personal. Mm-hmm. An alternative would be like sending them to an application form so we can review where they're at and fit them into the best program for them. So the idea with the forever funnel, like one of the strategies behind it for me is sometimes people aren't going to be webinar people or they're not going to be like your traditional long form sales page people. So how can we also invite them into our programs and our offers in different ways that might appeal to their buyer type? And that is what I've like layered in. I love that. Hey there, friend. Just in case you missed it, I want to make sure that you know about my upcoming million dollar course creator series. This is a totally free step by step training series specifically geared to help you build a profitable, scalable, and truly passive business that gives you the freedom you've always desired. You can save your spot now by going to milliondollarcourseseries.com. Again, it's completely free and you can save your spot now by going to milliondollarcourseseries.com. We start Monday, July 24th. I can't wait to share with you the secrets to building a thriving online business. Okay, so talk to me about this 20-day 
window, which I've never heard of before. I'm like, you're getting people in and hanging out with them for 20 days. Yeah. When I first started my evergreen funnel, they were shorter. They were like seven days, 10 days, maybe 14, something in that range. But what I found was, you know, one of my programs I used to sell was like 397 or something. And that was like, it felt fine to be able to like, our conversion rates were good. We were making the sale in that timeline. However, when I got up into selling like higher ticket, let's say 1K or 1500 or sometimes like 900 in that range, I found sometimes what was missing from the funnel when it was say only seven days right? was that, you know, when you're doing a launch and you have that really compelling pre-launch content where you're really like, you're creating content that's like shifting the mindset of your people. It's getting them to really see the gap that they're, that they currently have and want to fill that gap and answer, you know, get that answer and solve the problem. And I found that when the funnel was only seven days, it was like I was just having to be like sales Gemma for seven days versus like educator Gemma. Mm-hmm. And by, I just kept playing with like extending it a little bit, right. a little bit, a little bit. And yeah, I have landed, I think right now it's like 21 days or 22 days, something like that. And I don't have timers from the very beginning. Like there is a piece of urgency that goes away at the end of that 21, 22 days. Yeah. But I wait to like really start applying timers until the very end. And so it's like at the beginning, yeah, jump in because you're ready. Like you've watched the webinar and you're like, damn, I'm in and you're ready. Or like those first couple of emails just really like land with you and you're all in. But some people need a little bit more nurturing. And that's really what it's doing is it's giving like a little bit more nudge, a little bit more nurture with some of that pre-launch style content and then a heavier like urgency timer situation at the end. Do you know like what is the average timer that people typically join? Like, is it more in the beginning or is it almost always towards the very end? It's a good question. I should relook at at the stats. I did do that. I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago, we did like a really big deep dive to look at a lot of this. And I would say it was something like 40% in the first, say, four days or something yeah. when they just watched the webinar and they're just like ready. Yeah. And then the that like the rest was like at the end, like yeah. to get that, you know, discount before it went away. Yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. I've never done like a longer evergreen, you know, kind of sales window, but it's so different. how, how long are yours out of interest? Ours are five days. Okay. Five days. And then we have a nurture sequence after that. Okay. Right. And is there like any other fast action thing within those five days or it's like, here's, yeah. we have a 24, like if they buy within the first 24 okay. hours, we have a bonus and then urgency after those five days. Interesting. eh? I know. So I just love, I love that everyone has different like things that work. And I think that's what most people don't understand is there isn't this like one magic formula. You have to find the magic formula that's going to work for your product and your audience. There are basic foundational things that you need, but it's not going to look the same for everyone. Totally. I tried to use an analogy once of like when I was teaching this inside of my program about like ice cream sundaes. And I was like, there's some foundational things like you need the ice cream, right? need like some sort of toppings bar, you know, 
But what you choose, like the flavor you choose and the toppings you choose to put on top can be a little different. And it doesn't need to look exactly like mine or exactly like this other person who's in our program or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's some trial and error to figure out what's right for you. And sometimes it's also like, you know, your market, you know, your style of marketing and it's clear what you should sort of put into your funnel from the beginning. Does that make sense? Totally. A hundred percent. So how are you getting the majority of people into your bundles since you're using evergreen models and launches? Yeah. So we have been running Facebook and Instagram ads. Like I said, since like 2017, I started running Facebook ads and never stopped. Yeah. (laughs) I've just been going, going, going. I've switched agencies during that time, but I've literally never turned my ads off. So we, you know... Even with changes in the iOS stuff and increasing costs and all those things, like I've just still been doing it and it's still been a profitable return on ad spend. Of course, we ebb and flow. Of course, there are like certain months that it feels like the gravy train and other months where I'm like, oh, like what's happening here? Let's like figure this out or switch yeah. to creative or, you know, make some shifts. And it is definitely not like a set it and forget it type of thing. I'm sure you find the same thing. Like you always need to be agile with running paid ads. But that's been a big part of our strategy. That is the paid part of our strategy. I've definitely thought about like Google ads and YouTube ads and Pinterest ads. And I just honestly haven't gone there yet. And then I do lean into organic marketing as well. It just makes me feel better to know that we've got both running. So my strategies on the organic side are my podcast as well. So we definitely use the podcast to fill our funnels. And then Instagram is really my one and only social media platform. I am a consumer on Instagram. I know my audience is on Instagram. So that is where I've chosen to like hang out. Yeah. But I don't have TikTok. I will be honest, for a while I tried YouTube. Yeah. And my channel still exists, but like, damn, that was a lot of work. So I couldn't do the YouTube thing. It wasn't for me. Yeah. I... Uh, think it was last year we relaunched the podcast this podcast yeah I took like a whole year off after we had our second I was like I have two kids under two I have no brain cells left for (laughs) um but when we relaunched I was like okay we're gonna relaunch it we're gonna do YouTube and I like went to go record that first video and I was like this is fucking hard (laughs) so hard I was like, this, like people who do this, who are YouTubers, like, oh my gosh, the amount of time. Yeah. And like, it is just so much harder to record a video where you're like not having a conversation and you, ha- I don't know. It was just like, I have I'm props to end. I'm just going to say like mad respect for yes. people on YouTube because... Yeah. Man, I can really see the amazingness of YouTube and how, like, if you build the channel, it can just drive leads forever. Like, it's amazing. However, the work that goes into making that happen is beyond. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I I think we could talk about that all day. So I'm just like, again. Okay, so talking about the ebbs and flows, right? You were saying, like, you have some months that are better. Like, what kind of seasonality have you found in your business. And I want to talk about a little bit about this because I recently recorded an episode about, you know, the summer slump, which Mm -hmm. I think we're going to dive into more a little bit. But do you have any things that you notice about the online industry as far as seasonality? 
Do you plan your launches around that? Kind of what is your strategy since you've been doing it since 2017 now? Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot, kind of a better idea of how, what you can expect throughout. Yeah. It is nice to be able to go back and look at past years to give yourself clues on like, if something is starting to slump, you're like, oh, wait, hang on. Let me look at last year. Oh, that happened last year too. Okay. No problem. And I don't know if like for anyone who's listening, if you use Thrivecart, you can like see you know, this year against last year. So you can see like if the months are roughly the same in terms of like little spikes and dips. But I I definitely actually do find a little bit of a drop off in that like kind of early June to end of July timeline with new sales. Like the nice thing is I have a lot of built up subscription and just like monthly recurring revenue in my business now that gives me like a pretty solid baseline. Mm-hmm. And in past years, when that little like summer slump thing can sometimes happen, sometimes if I felt the need to, like it's an easy time to sell a couple one-to-one packages or yes. just like put something else out on the market that might be higher ticket. So you mm-hmm. can just kind of fill the gap. But I do, I have noticed that. I will tell you, January is always a giant month for me yeah. in my business. Like oh my gosh, it's always exciting to like yeah. come back from the holidays and just be like, head down, let's do it. And like, yeah. we blow it out of the water every January. And then similarly, like, well, I would say January through April is such as like consistently a good time. And then similarly in the fall, like sort of September through November. Yeah. For me tends to be really great. And then typically I see a bit of a dip in December. I know that not everybody does. Like a lot of people still are rolling on that, like, the you know the stuff from Black Friday just like have sometimes even launch stuff around that time for me like I'm already checking out for the holidays you know so like (laughs) everything kind of slows down for me in December so that typically tends to be like a slower month as well and yeah yeah, it's interesting to see the patterns but that's me in my space like you know as our like your listeners would know like who are in different niches Mm -hmm. you have to think about like your audience it could be that if your audience are teachers summer might be a great time for you because they're like off and looking to consume things or, you know, whatever. So really depends, I think, industry to industry. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have one more question before we wrap up things. Okay. You have been kind of deep diving into AI. I have. (laughs) I want to like... I want you to share just a little bit. Obviously, I think we could do like three episodes alone on AI. But what? how are you using in your business? How are you finding it most beneficial? Tell me okay. all that. Anna, this could, I could just go nuts and like take another hour to talk about AI right. and how right. much I'm loving it. However, I will say, I think that like... First of all, all of your listeners, if you are having to like write content, if you're putting, if you're doing any kind of content creation, if you're creating resources for your audience, if you are having to write emails, even customer support emails, like you need to get yourself an account on ChatGPT and just start playing around. It's a, you know, you can get a free account. You don't have to start exploring and going really deep into all the different tools like I have been. You can just stay with ChatGPT and honestly do so much with it. And so one of the big lessons for me has been in when I first got on there, I just used sort of 
basic prompts and things that I maybe saw other people talking about or prompts that I saw shared online that were like not great. Like the output wasn't great. And I was like, okay, I don't know that this is going to really be helpful for me. Like I can write a better caption than that, or I can write a better email than that. And there was still a lot of editing that had to happen. I think the magic is in two things. Number one, understanding what they call prompt engineering, which is like really how to write effective prompts that are going to deliver you with the results that you're looking for and getting really deep into how to write a really good prompt. And so that is just a bit more involved than like, you know, hey, write me an Instagram caption about evergreen funnels. You know, like that's going to be really basic. If you go deeper than that and include a lot more description and tone of voice and even like, I'll often say like, you know, write this in a way that will appeal to a millennial audience because like that's typically who my people are. Or I'll say like, use pop culture references like reality TV, Real Housewives, because like I do use that all the time. And it'll insert little things like that. So it'll actually start sounding more like me. So that's number one is like, if you can spend some time to just understand how to craft really good prompts, Mm -hmm. step one. And then step two is like, there's a deeper level where you can create, you're essentially going to train the robot for lack of a better like term. Like you can train it to sound more like you. You can train it to deeply understand your target audience. And Mm -hmm. when you uncover that stuff, well, then it's so easy. Like now I have this brand guide kind of document where I can just copy paste some stuff at the top of a new chat with ChatGPT. And it's like, it's like it, it is my brain. Like it knows my target audience so well. It knows my offers so well. And then I go from there. So having that piece and understanding how to have done that has been a game changer in the results that I get from ChatGPT. Okay. So yeah. Are you using it to write your sales emails to like, how are you using it? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we are doing like a summit coming up. I don't know when this will air, but the summit is July 17 to 21. It's going to be actually all about like AI and ChatGPT for course creators. And, you know, I'm using ChatGPT to write all the promo emails, for example, for that summit. So it's like, I don't know, eight to 10 emails or something that I got it to write. It wrote it in one sitting at a coffee shop. And like what was really fun for me was just being able to edit it to just tweak it a little bit, pop it into active campaign and do what I love to do, which is like add the gifts and make the graphics and just like make it fun. Yeah. And I scheduled them all in a day. That's amazing. In a day. In a day. Yeah. Which is like, I think writing is probably the biggest thing that holds a lot of people back from like launching and doing things. And yeah, this is going to be the game changer because if you have been, you know, bogged down by that or overwhelmed by that in your business, or you haven't had the funds to hire a copywriter or even a VA, like under taking the time, you know, block off a week to just like go deep on it and start to really understand and test it because you blocking off that week will essentially give you on the back side of that, like a marketing assistant, a VA, and a copywriter in your business for free. Yeah, for free. But like, that's crazy. Oh, man. I'm just going to say that people who started their online businesses today have it so easy. 
O-M-G. You got, I can't even tell you, like back in the day of my early blogging, I learned how to like code on WordPress because right. I, there was no build a dragon. What is it called? Like the website builders, like where you put blocks in or whatever. Like oh, that, that like exist. show it like that, like, like those sorts of things. No, no, like Squarespace wasn't even a thing back then. I had, I literally had to learn how to code. Like wild what you can do today. Yes, a hundred percent. Okay, well, Gemma, I'm going to wrap this up, but please tell us where can we find you so we can connect with you beyond this. And obviously, we want to be a part of that AI Summit. Yes, yes. So I don't have the link ready for the AI Summit yet. I don't know quite what it's going to be. So if you just head on over to my Instagram at Gemma.BonhamCarter. I know my name is long, so if you could put the link in the show, uh, it'll definitely be in my link in bio by the time this airs. My URL is gemmabottomcarter.com and I've got lead magnets and all that stuff. But I, you know, I feel like Anna, you and I do a lot of the same stuff. So if people want to come and chat with me, come find me. I'd love to, I'd love to say, Hey, but this has just been a pleasure being on your show. Awesome. All right, you guys go check that out. Definitely check out the AI summit and we will share that link in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening today. Just as a reminder, the Million Dollar Course Creator Series is coming up this Monday, July 24th. This is a totally free step-by-step training series that is going to help you finally build a profitable, scalable, and truly passive business that gives you the freedom you've always desired. You can save your spot now by going to milliondollarcourseseries.com. Again, that's milliondollarcourseseries.com. We start Monday, July 24th. So don't wait. Head to milliondollarcourseseries.com to save your spot and sign up for this life-changing free training series.